Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. You know what I like about Wednesday nights? I never know what I'm going to get on Wednesday nights. Some nights it's like it feels like a family night. And other nights it's like, where? We don't have enough chairs, so I just never know. Tonight feels like a mix, but it feels like a family night. So I want to talk to family a little bit. And this is just a rant, but it's important because it's really important to know what spirit you're under. There's a passage of scripture in the Bible where the apostles are, you know, they've been, the disciples have been walking with Jesus for a few years. They know, they understand like, man, there's power in this word. There's power in Jesus. We got power. They've seen demons. They've prayed in Jesus' name. They've seen healings. They've been doing miracles too. Bible says, you know, they were going out and doing the things that Jesus commissioned them to do. So they go to this city, and the city doesn't welcome Jesus. And they go straight OG on it. They're like, oh, man, let's go. Let's go Elijah on this place. So they come up to Jesus all excited, like, yay. Can we call down fire and burn that whole city? And Jesus, Jesus doesn't respond with like, oh, no, not today. I'm, you know, he says he rebukes them. And he says, you don't know what spirit you're of right now. The Son of Man has come to save, to redeem, to set free. And that's in Luke chapter 9, okay? So if you're like, is that in the Bible? Yes, it is. And so we're in, we're in such an interesting time post-COVID, post-crazy political stuff, post-everything right now. And you know, I just, we have to be very careful of getting under a critical or judgmental spirit. You know, there's, there's been some stuff in the news about my, people that have done pretty mighty things in the kingdom that, you know, first, just by the way, whatever the news says about a church or ministry, that is not a valuable. Trust me, they always have an agenda. They always want to tear down. They always want to destroy. So first, don't even take it. But, but if you see a faith leader make a, make a mistake or stumble, and you slip into anything besides just a grief for the kingdom... You're getting out of, the, out of the spirit. You're getting out of the spirit. I just want to say that because you know what? I pray for leaders of movements. I'm thankful for so many great pastors and leaders of, of faith, but they're human. They're human. And I, I just, it keeps me, the fear of God in me that I want to stay at a place of God. Many a men better than me have dropped the ball doing this. So God, help me, be with me, grow me, let me be processed. So I just want to say that. And I want to say this too. The Bible says when you're looking for truth, especially when somebody's speaking to you, you have to look at the fruit. I've seen like people that have like a podcast with 300 people that listen to it, try to talk about a church leader that's led a church with 150,000 people in it. And I'm like, dude, if you know so much, how about you plant a church? Why don't you show me some fruit instead of just your toot? So if you want to get good theology, look for the fruit behind the person who's talking. You know, when, I, when I'm calibrating, you know, my messages and I'm like, God, I, I, want, to, I want to represent you well. I, do, I, want, I don't want to be out of line with what your word says. I begin to look at the fruit. I look at the fruit. Are people, are people asking Jesus into their heart? 
And are we giving them, we giving them the gospel, the full gospel? Are they, are they repenting? Are they actually wanting to make Jesus Lord of their life, not just get fire insurance? You know, we, we look at this, this fruit. And so that's my little rant here. But just net, I remember one day, one time when I was a young man, I had a lot of zeal. I was a young youth pastor and I just went off on this. I saw this mega church pastor on CNN and they asked him like a tough question and he, he didn't answer theologically incorrect, but he kind of skirted and I'm like, man, if I was on CNN, I would have told him that, you know, I was like, I would have done it. And I was saying this to a much wiser man who oversaw many, many churches and I expected him to be like, you're right, son. Good job, little pup. You'll be on C. And he, he just gave me a, you do not want to get to heaven and find out that you were judging and cursing the Lord's anointed. So I'll say it very simple like this. When we judge fruit, Proverbs says that love covers a matter. So if you don't love the person that you're judging, you are not looking through the right lens of making a judgment call, honestly. Now, I can judge. Yeah, thank you. That was pretty good. That was good. So just be careful. None of us want to get to heaven and God's like, hey, uh, remember this guy you were talking trash about? Yeah, he's, he's right here with me. He's my son. And he, maybe he didn't get it all. Anyways, I just want to go on that rant. Drives me crazy. I don't want to be the guy. You know what, I just want to be a Christian that inspires other people to step into the fullness of Christ, and I want to have a church and be in a church that inspires people to go after Jesus. That's my goal. I'm going to run my ways. I'm going to look at my fruit. I'm going to look at our church's fruit. I'm going to let people do their thing. That's really good to know. It's really good to know. And if you, maybe you came from another church. Man, I'm just going on this because it's going to be healing for someone. Maybe you came from another church. And maybe you have things about that church that, you know, if I meet somebody brand new and, and that doesn't, it's not an in all be all, but if the first thing, hi, how you doing? How'd you find a church? Well, let me tell you about my past pastor. Let me tell you all the things he did wrong. And let me tell you about my past church. And I just put a little note in my back of my head. Okay. We need to get them in a connect group and get that bitterness weeded out. Or they're going to say the same thing about me in one year. Honest truth, because it's the seed. So if you got any unforgiveness with previous leadership and pastors, tonight, let's let that go. Because that seed, that seed, we don't want that thing to grow before now. You know, I just recently had to take out a bunch of trees to put a fence in. Roots stink, man. They're a lot of work. I'm looking at this tree. It's only this thick. My chainsaw could take down the top of it two seconds. But to get the roots out. So that's why we want to be good at weeding our heart. Because bitterness... Give it a couple winters, fall, a couple seasons of getting watered. All of a sudden, it's like, ah, oh, I just can't. I can't let it go, you know, and we got to do a deeper work. So just let the Holy Spirit get it out early if you got any bitterness towards past church. Okay, here we go. Title of my message is Clean Up on, oh, wow. Okay, I'm just going to go super fast. Uh, is Clean Up on Aisle 5. Clean Up on Aisle 5. John 15.3 Let's, let's pull it up, boys. John 53. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, this is in response to Peter. Who loves Peter in the Bible? 
when you're feeling like, man, I'm such a knucklehead, I put my foot in my mouth all the time, like you just read about Peter, like, all right, I'm doing good. Because <laughs> Pete just, you know, I'll bless his heart, but he's just always out there. He's saying crazy stuff. If it's really you, Jesus, tell me to walk on the water. He's probably like, what did I just say? <laughs> you know, it just cuts a guy's ear off when God, Jesus told him, like, don't do that. Anyways, he just, he's a crazy guy. But anyways, uh, go to my next uh, John 13 here. So Jesus is washing their feet. And Peter thinking like, oh, I'm gonna impress Jesus. This is a trick. This is a trick. He's, he's the son of God. I had that revelation. Yeah, sure, a couple of sentences later, he called me Satan. But still, I had that revelation. So I'm gonna catch him in his trick. He says this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So then Peter pivots. He's like, okay, different answer. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. So he just doubles down. He's like, okay, maybe this is the right answer. <laughs> Once again, Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is, complete, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. He's talking about Judas. So then he, fast forward a little bit, he talks about how, why are they clean? Why are they clean? Because the word I've given you. They're washed in the word. I want to really quick make sure that this honor gets put in the podcast. Most of this message, I'm just stealing little nuggets of one of the most amazing back and forth I heard from Pastor Jurgen and Leanne today in staff meeting. So I want to make sure, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, if you listen to this, giving you full honor. It's so good. I got to try to translate it here for our people. Okay. First point. So he, he talks about, hey, you're already clean. But he says, you know, the feet get dirty. And can I just tell you, when you're in a church that isn't legalistic, that we get around in this world, if we're actually a church that isn't a holy huddle and actually gets out and tries to reach the world, we're going to get around some stuff that gets us messy, right? I've seen some things as a pastor I wish I hadn't seen. I have heard some things I wish I hadn't heard. I've been in some places I kind of wish I wasn't there. I can remember even as a young adult pastor, like, going and chasing one of my kids that was in the car with their drug dealer. And we're like going to a drug house to pick them up. Like I didn't want to be in that certain situation. It's a whole nother story. It's a really fun one, actually. Priuses can go fast when they're anointed by Jesus because I had a Prius and I caught him. Anyways, but the thing that I, as, as a Christian, here's what I want to get to. Clean up on aisle five, just so you know, five represents grace. And one thing I want to help our church get to the point is that, you know, Jesus is trying to make a point that, yeah, we've got to do regular maintenance, but you shouldn't always be dirty. And so when we come to these altars, there might be some cleaning going on, but are you coming to the altar every time that you've like completely train wrecked your life again and again and again and again? Here's my point. There's some things you got to walk through I'll just say this. What are you rolling in that you should have walked through? What are you rolling in that you should have walked through? You see, we want to get to the place where uh, every time we come to Jesus, the first time you come to Jesus, it's a full cleanup, right? right? The whole thing is just, it's a, it's a war zone. We've been doing things in the world. We've been doing things in our flesh. And that's normal. And Jesus is good for it. Yep. He, nothing's too much for him to step into the middle when you invite him. But he doesn't want to be treated like a mop. Yeah. 
He doesn't want to always be called on to clean up a mess. Some people get in a cycle. They don't go to church for like two months till, they're something, till they've really train wrecked or they've gotten another bad relationship and then everything falls apart and then they run to church and they get washed. And you know what? Jesus is so good. He washes them. He does. He, he'll, he'll forgive. He'll redeem. But then it's right back out the door and never change any of our lifestyle so that we stop rolling around what we should have walked through. You know, some of us, we need to, we need to actually take, see, we're a, we are a faith church and God does miracles, but he also really likes to develop us. He really likes to disciple us. He wants us to get washed in the word and then recalibrate our life to the word so that we're not coming to him completely covered in mud next time, but it's just like, okay, yeah, I kind of walked through this, God. I walked through it. The, the whole thing is, as a Christian, we're developing to walking through, not staying at the grace point, not staying. And, and grace, grace is a very interesting word. You know, grace is meant not just to be forgiveness for what you did, but it's meant to, it's the power to do it differently. It's the power to not live the same way you lived last week. So, a cheap replacement for discipleship is legalism. Legalism will just say, okay, well, you can't go anywhere where anyone's ever cussed in their life, and you can't, you know, be around. The- <laughs> Thank you, Rich. It's good. And, you know, if there's, if there's ever been alcohol in the building, run the other way, and never even talk to another woman besides your wife, right? It, it gets into this legalism because they're so afraid of walking through a thing that we just isolate and hide and we become completely irrelevant to the world. And then we still have our issues, so we hide those and then we end up blowing up our whole life. So legalism doesn't work, but discipleship works. So in this church, we want to encourage you, read your Bible. And when it says to do something, go ahead and do it. It's going to be awesome. I know that sounds simple, but too many people like will have a sit-down coffee with me and they're ask holes. They keep asking for help, but I tell them this is what you should apply, and then it just goes right through, and they never apply the Word of God to their life. I'm not saying there's not processes, and I know something overcoming. We've got we've to contend and fight, but if you have the same struggle for the last three years in this house, I just, I, in love, I want to encourage you Believe God for miracles for the advancement, not miracles to, to break you out of the prison you locked yourself in every six months or every three weeks. We got to believe God. And how do we do it? The Bible says we wash ourselves with the word of God. Read Proverbs. If you're like, man, I just feel like I lack wisdom. People have gently said you should be wiser. Read Proverbs. Read it every day. Chapter a day. Just keep reading it. You'll get, you'll get, you'll get wisdom. Okay, what else do we do? Going to church. It's a really good idea. idea. Don't go to church when your whole life falls apart and then stop going. Get get it fixed. Get it mopped up. Clean up on aisle five. But then ask, okay, well, what caused this mess in my life? What belief system am I still applying over God's word? Because God will will begin to bring order and structure and blessing into your world. But we... If we're out of alignment, his principles still stand. We're blessed when we follow his principles. We're not when we don't. Because wisdom is believing God and doing what he says. 
All right, uh, serving is a great way. Serving is a great way to grow. I know people are like, you know, people be like, man, I just feel this call. I feel this call to do something great for God. How do I do it? And I'll just tell them, go to a connect group and serve on a team. And they'll look at me like, no, you don't understand. You know, is PJ here? PJ in the house? There he is. PJ, you know, PJ, I'm just using you as an example. I can rap. I'm the best rapper in Salt Lake City. I've got a gift. You know, which is true, PJ. You got an amazing gift. And what I love about PJ, he's like, I don't know what God's going to do with that, but I'm, I'm serving. And I'm getting in community and I'm growing. I'm growing. I'm growing. I'm growing. See, we always put people up here. I love infusing faith in people. So I, I want you, we have so many God stories. I get texts all the time. Oh my gosh, just got miracle here, miracle here, miracle here. I want to keep those in front of us. But we, we actually do an injustice. You can bring the keys up because they need to chill me out. I'm going to slow down. <laughs> but we do an injustice if we don't tell you that, you know, when you see these stories, there was a growth in a process. Yes, me and my wife have a beautiful home right next to the mountains. It's a dream home. And yes, God did a complete miracle. And that's awesome and cool. But also there was a lot of growth that went on before that miracle. I bought a condo in my 20s that did help with part of the thing. And I had to get my finances and credit in line younger to position me. And, and then I went through a processing to make sure my character was ready to handle that. So yes, miracles happen. But sometimes where you'll see, you'll see these great exploits. You'll hear Jurgen and Leanne talk about all the miracles they've done. You'll hear, you'll hear uh, a Pastor Andy and Amy talk about miracles. You'll hear a Pastor Vince and Becca. You'll hear me talk about miracles. And then the younger generation comes in and go, cool, all we have to do is just believe and sit still and do nothing. Belief causes emotion. I'm believing I'm gonna get a house. I'm 19. I don't have a credit. I gotta go get start building a credit score. You start to move towards the miracle and that's what real faith looks like. Sometimes we don't realize it, but we use faith as an excuse for laziness. Oh, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. God likes to, God likes to come along the movement. I tell people, I would rather you make the wrong decision, like in a leadership role. I'd rather you make the wrong choice, but you went full go. I'd rather correct the moving ship than I didn't know which person to choose, so I just froze. Connect, serve, these are things. Point number two, I'm just going to go really quick. Move from washing, move away from washing to cutting. Look, when we first meet Jesus, he just washes us. Washes us in love. Washes us in his grace. Washes us in his beauty. But at some point, the Bible says that you're born again. You know, the Jewish culture really understood this. When you were born, the first thing that happened, you were born, right? They clean you up, give you to mommy, because well, they're just gross till they clean up. So <laughs> if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. They clean up, they wash the baby, put a diaper on the baby, take care of it. But if you were a Jewish boy, eight days later, there was a cut. There was a cut, a cutting. God wants to begin to set you apart. To not make you in this world, but not of this world. To change who you are. 
It's a cheap gospel to say, yes, we say, God will accept you exactly as you are today. But we've got to include the second part. But he loves you too much to leave you like that. He wants to begin to cut some things. And we just want to be good at letting him do that. Become good at letting him do that. I talked about earlier with a seed you don't want. The Holy Spirit, I'm going to use a garden analogy because we have a garden and I love the garden now. Um, <laughs> I love the garden, babe. You know, when I, at the beginning of the season, it's the fun part because I can use power tools. I get to till that thing. I just, just destroy everything that's growing in it because it's all dead weeds and dead plants and weeds. But once you start planting good seed, you got to be a little more delicate. You got you to gotta come in with strategy and say, oop, that's not a potato, that's a weed. You got to go, right? We got to let the Holy Spirit do his work in us. You know, there's, there, there's cycles that don't line up with his word. And I want to say this on this too. Don't despise small beginnings. Where he can do his finest gardening is when he'll put you in a micro chasm of the destiny and call you have on your life. You might be called to be an amazing business person, run a great business. So what will he do? He'll make you the PA to an amazing business person. And you don't want to bypass the small beginning. You don't want to bypass that because you're learning the things you need to learn. You're developing the habits you need to develop. You're, you're beginning to become the person that can carry the weight of that blessing and that mantle. So let them weed you. You know, you can't get proper weeding without being in community. There is no such thing as a lone wolf Christian. That's why the Bible says that we are forgiven by Jesus, but we are healed by confessing our stuff to one another. You got to get in community. If, if I ever hear someone say, you know what? It's just me and Jesus. I'm like, you don't get it yet. Because Jesus didn't even talk like that. He sent out the disciples in two. He, he had pulled them up in groups. He had big groups of disciples, then smaller groups, and then even smaller groups. He was working with the people. You do it in tandem. You do it with people. There are keys to your destiny that other people have. And if you don't interact with them, you're not going to get that unlocked. So be in community. I just want to help you because we're going to see more miracles. But if you're sitting here you're like, man, they keep talking about these God stories. Why don't I see them? So maybe it's time to move past just needing to come here and God fix every single thing because you keep train wrecking or keep falling into this pattern. So last point. Do you trust God like a, or whatever? Do you treat God, next one, there you go. Do you treat God's grace like a mop or a motor? Are you only coming to him to clean up when you've made a mess? Or are you beginning to go to him on the daily and be like, God, show me how to get where you want me to be. Teach me. Weed up in me what needs to get weeded up. I'm not perfect yet. I'm not, I, I don't have it all figured out. And it's just the posture that when you combine that with faith and you combine that with knowing that God does do miracles and that he does reward, the, the distance you can go is unbelievable. The distance you, but we don't throw out because the word of God said 
And because we're a faith church, we don't throw out discipleship. And I just have felt an urgency on my heart to make sure we understand that. There is good and there is evil. This is my last thing. There is good and there is evil. There is no gray ground. There is good, there is evil. Right? And some of the things we were taught, although they might look good on the surface, the root of them is not going to produce good fruit. Right? And so we want to let the Holy Spirit be like, hey, you know, I know you read that that super Spiro yoga book and it, and it really told you, you know, like to do this, but maybe, maybe if the, I don't like the fruit, maybe I need to come back a little bit and I'm not picking on yoga or anything. Okay. If you do yoga, I'm super happy about that. But um, let's let God do his work in us. Let's stand to our feet. We're getting ready to pop the clutch. And that means that people in this house are gonna pop the clutch. God's gonna take you to another level. Let's just make sure that we don't let the move get ahead of our character. We don't let the move get ahead of our our discipline. I felt like God wanted to open up and he would say, you know, I want my grace to not always be for you to clean up messes. I want it to be stepping in to help you go to another level. I want you to transition from coming to me when you have a mess to coming to me because you want to do more and be more and grow more. And I felt like he would just be here to do that with you. This is not a like harsh rebuke. If you're like, oh man, he really went hard and I actually feel like I'm that person he's talking to. No, no, no. This is a moment where God wants to say, hey, let's switch it up. Clean up on aisle five. I'll always be there to clean up your mess because I love you. But can we just make a mess in a new place? Can we get, can we get to a place where you need a miracle? But you need a miracle because you're so far out of your capacity on your own. Can we, can we elevate ourselves to a place where it is dangerous, but it's not dangerous because we, we've made bad choices. It's dangerous because we are dependent on God at this level of where he's taken me. That's the kind of clean he wants to do. That's, he wants to be there to be developing you. Thank you, God. Worship band, you guys can all come up. Um, I'm gonna bring the ministry team up, but I just wanna, I wanna do this. If you're, uh, if you're ready to tell God, okay, what he's saying makes sense. God, I'm ready for you not to be so much my mop, but become my motor. Begin to take me where you wanna take me. And whatever you gotta cut, you can cut. Whatever you want to weed, you can weed. Whatever you want to step into and retrain me, redevelop the way I think. That's why the Bible says take every thought captive. If you want to step into that today, I'm going to pray for you and then we'll have our mission up here. But it's kind of like an altar call. Everybody's head down, eyes closed. There's a power in saying, admitting. So, Grace falls on repentance. 
That's why when somebody gets saved, they say, I'm not, I am repenting from trying to do it in my own strength. I'm repenting from my sin. I'm coming to you, Jesus. And so with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, if you're just, if you're going, you know what, this is my moment where I'm going to stop leaning on God to be my mop and I'm going to, yes, he will be there for me, but I'm going to sign up and say, God, develop me, develop me. I want to pray for you and I'm not going to bring you up, but I'm just going to have you raise your hand so I know for I'm prayer. So if that's you, raise your hand in the air. I'm going to pray for you because there's going to be an anointing here for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, lots of hands going up. One more time, everyone that, that wants me to clean my prayer, raise your hand one more time, just real quick, at the same time. Thank you, awesome, so many hands, all right. Jesus, today, we thank you that you are so into this moment, Lord, that you've been waiting for us to just say, okay, it's time to let you do your work. I'm gonna be washed in your word, and when I read it, I'm gonna apply it. I'm gonna read it, I'm gonna apply it. Holy Spirit, every hand that was raised, will you come into their life and begin to do the mighty work that you do to transform and renew our minds? God, we're not, we're not trying to earn our salvation right now. We're not trying to earn anything. We just want to submit to your process, Lord. Submit to your process, God, because you have good works. Ephesians 2 says you have good works you've planned ahead of time for us. And we don't want to just spend all our time playing in the mud. We want to go to that level. So God, touch these people right now. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages information about upcoming events and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined we loved having you with us today we look forward to seeing you again god bless you live a life that is transformative bye for now